debt and equity financing takes center stage as we explore African startups raising more than $4 billion in 2021. Good morning, Africa. Welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial and you can find me at Ruth Adong. Fundraising by African startups is projected to reach $5 billion in 2021, more than in the previous three years combined. Now, more than $4 billion of fundraising has been raised by startups in Africa through 754 deals over this year. We speak to Samuel Ademmaitum, Director of Credit at Chiganda Development Bank, who answers our question. Why the new move towards debt equity financing? One of the big, big challenges in you know, raising capital or starting businesses is how much of the owner's contribution will be going into that business. And that is usually the equity. The characteristic about that is that it is the cost that is sunk into the business and against which return should be generated. So to leverage or to facilitate the growth of the business, it is often uh, ideal to add an element of debt to handle working capital or to handle the acquisition of other um, assets that will be generating income to enable the business to grow. And that is also to enable the owner's contribution and have a return on that equity uh, coming back in. So why the mix debt equity? Uh, usually one for the, from the bank's perspective is how much equity have you put? How much of your own skin is in the game? That we usually use as a measure of your commitment, a measure of how much you're ready to put into this idea or this venture. In certain instances, though, it might be intangible. It could be for a youth who's writing a program. It could just be the intellectual property. It could just be what's in his head. But for what's in his head to translate needs servers. It needs uh, connectivity. It needs, um, you know, some, you know, some way in which he can get out to the market. And that is where the debt element comes in, the working capital uh, working capital or asset finance or whatever other mode of financing that will help him translate that idea, the intellectual property, his code, his app, his uh, website, to now translate it into the cash aspect, which services the debt and builds his own equity, his contribution in it. So why this is becoming interesting is businesses like that have huge, 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 huge growth potential. So Again, it depends on where you get in. If you try to get into Google or any of those big tech companies now, you're really paying a premium. But if you go in at the beginning, yeah, you benefit from one, the capital gains that grow, the value of the company starts to grow and the value of your equity starts to grow. So that's why you have cases where Jeff Bezos or whoever, their net worth tends to fluctuate depending on the share price of the business. The forecast shows a growing interest in African startups. Why now? Why is there that huge interest in Africa at the moment? One, there's a lot of potential, a lot, a lot of potential, not only in the digital business space, but there's also a huge market. We keep saying that we have a huge youth market across Africa. How is that market going to be satisfied? How is that need for an African identity? What is our product? What is ours? How can that be exploited? not only to generate cash, but to engage youth, to include them in their whole growth and development journey. So that's why there's a lot, you find there's a lot of interest and that move towards putting equity in businesses. Um, one, it's actually cheaper than debt. 
you're in for the long haul, good times, bad times. Whereas the bank may not have that flexibility when things get tight, but with equity, you know, you have a partner for life in that business. You have value you're creating. You have, um, you know, basically you create wealth. And again, it's something you can pass on. You do not even have to understand the real elements of the business. But the fact that you're putting your stake into something that can potentially generate income, that can potentially generate value, that is the new appeal see in, uh, <clears throat> in equity funds interest in African business. And also banks taking that direction. But we need to be part of the growth journey. That was Samuel Adem, my tomb director of credit at Uganda Development Bank. Remote working and schooling during the COVID-19 period drove up the sale of tablets and laptops. Sales grew by 25% in East Africa compared to the previous year, according to Salute Iwald, East Africa's Apple reseller. Tablets took the highest peak in the period followed by laptops as government urged citizens to stay at home and avoid further spread of coronavirus. Kenya led in demand for IT products, followed by Uganda and Tanzania, respectively. The rise has also been attributed to the presence of expatriates as the country is a hub for multiple international organizations, that is Kenya. Going forward, the demand for such gadgets is expected to grow due to the increasing middle class and the demand for remote working as companies adapt a hybrid work model. Manufacturing production in Morocco rose 3.3% year-on-year in the third quarter of 2021, slowing from a record 19.9% jump in the previous quarter. Output growth eased mostly for metallurgy, that is rubber and plastics, electrical equipment, clothing, leather products and furnishings. Moreover, production declined for automotive products and chemical products. The World Bank has reviewed upwards Kenya's growth prospects for the current financial year to 5% from 4.5% set in June. According to the lender, Kenya's economy has demonstrated resilience to the COVID-19 shock with output in the first half of the year rising above pre-pandemic levels. According to the 24th edition of the Kenya Economic Update from Recovery to Better Jobs, growth has been supported by rebounds in industry and especially services. Overall, economic performance is expected to be robust at 4.9% per year in 2022 to 2023, similar to the pre-pandemic pace of 5% average annual growth from 2010 to 2019. The report also projects robust growth in the medium term, taking into account the rebound of some subsectors and slower recovery like education and tourism. The FNB Consumer Confidence Index for South Africa rose marginally to negative 9 in the fourth quarter of 2021 from negative 10 in the previous period, but well above the long-term average of plus 2 as consumers faced soaring fuel prices, the resumption of load shading, further job losses and a threat of the fourth wave of infections. FBN says there were small improvements in the economic outlook and household financial Position sub-indexes, but consumers remain pessimistic about whether it is the right time to purchase big-ticket items such as vacuous furniture and household appliances. The trade dispute between Kenya and Uganda is set to blow up after Kampala announced plans to restrict raw and processed agricultural products from its market. 
Uganda's Minister for East African Affairs, Rebecca Hadaga, says Cabinet has directed the Agriculture Ministry to identify and list Kenyan products that will be banned by the Ugandan government within a short time. Kenya and Uganda have for a long time been embroiled in a trade dispute. The latest hostilities between the two ESC partner states began brewing in December 2019 when Kenya stopped importing Ugandan milk in July 2000. In July 2020, Kenya followed up with a ban on Ugandan sugar against an earlier agreement to increase Uganda's sugar exports to Kenya. Uganda had introduced discriminative excise duties under the Excise Duty Amendment Act of 2017. And a look at our markets. Cocoa futures on the International Commodity Exchange jumped above $2,600, touching the highest level since mid-October and moving further away from an over-four-month low of $2,320 hit on November 30th, as investors worry that the new Omicron COVID variant could easily weigh on the already existing supply chain rules. Since the season started on October 1st, cocoa arrivals declined at ports of top growers Ivory Coast and Ghana. Meanwhile, the International Cocoa Organization in its recent report revised its estimates higher for both demand and production for 2020-2021 cropping season. The report showed that demand for cocoa would go up by 4.9 million tons due to increased use of beans, whereas production would rise at a faster 5.2 million tons due to conducive weather conditions in major producing countries. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at Withadong.